This is the UNC Coaches Show, presented by Bank of Colorado, on Northern Colorado's voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Here's Mike Rice. Welcome in to the Tuesday Night UNC Coaches Show, presented by Bank of Colorado. So good to have you with us, whether you're in person here at the GOAT, 46th Avenue and Center Place, or if you're just checking it out, uh, it is it is great to have you. We'll be with you until 7 o'clock. We're going to talk a little wrestling tonight. We're going to talk a little volleyball. Normally, of course, we would feature men's basketball, but Steve Smiley, the head coach, and his staff and team are on their way to San Diego for tomorrow's game against the Toreros. We'll have it for you on KFKA starting at 7.30 with Blue and Gold pregame. And uh, the UNC women will be back in action on the home court against Northern New Mexico 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon. We'll catch up with head coach Lindsey Oates of the UNC volleyball team coming up as well. And that'll be about a half an hour from now. But a pleasure to welcome in wrestling coach Troy Nickerson. Good to see you, coach. Yeah, thank you for having me, Mike. Absolutely. Your season's underway, right? 4-0, I guess. Wrestling, it's a little different. When when somebody says you're 4-0, it's... Is that dual meets? Is that strictly duels? Or is it because you guys do tournaments and multiple duels and all the rest, don't you? Yeah, it, it is dual meets, right? So typically our season early on is, is a, a good mixture of the, the preseason tournaments as well as the dual meets. And we, we like to kind of start slow and build into the you know the bulk <laughs> of our season, just being able to compete in the Big 12. I mean, that makes a big difference. So we wanted to get our feet wet early, and I think we've done a good job doing so. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the results. They have, they have not been competitive in terms of the team scores. How how do you evaluate these early season duels? Are you looking at how the team does, how individuals do? Uh, it's, it's a little of both, right? I mean, every time we step on the mat, we want to compete at our highest ability, and we've been able to throw some different guys in and out of the lineup and see how they react and how they respond being in that competitive environment. And, um, you know, really just trying to, like you said, solidify the, the starting lineup. And uh, every year, you know, as we've continued to get better, we're starting to see some some tighter battles, you know, for who, who's going to be the starter. And, uh, I mean, that's just good things for the Bears. So November 3rd, you beat Fort Hayes State. I'm going to say the scores because you should be proud of these. 47 to 4. And, and, and if people don't know, each match in a wrestling duel is worth X amount of points based on what the winner does. If they get a pin or a fall, it's what, six points, right? That's correct. Technical fall is four and so on down the line. I think I have that right. Yes. Uh, beat New Mexico Highlands, ooh, 50 to nothing. And then back east in New York, beat Buffalo 35-6 and beat Presbyterian College. That was the weekend before Thanksgiving, 44-5. to Easy to look at those scores and say, wow, the Bears are really good and you have a really good squad. But from your coach's eye, how did you guys wrestle? I thought we wrestled well. You know, I mean, we wanted to go out, score points, and just be offensive, right? And, uh, you know, it's hard not to be super critical as a coach. You know, I think there's some <laughs> some opportunities where we could have done better. And, uh, again, that's that's why we wrestle uh, that level of competition early in the season is try, try to figure out all those different quirks and, you know, get the dust off in a sense and just get ready for the next big thing. So – Coaches of team sports will say, well, we're going to scout, like Steve and his staff have scouted San Diego, put together a report. What do, they, what do we think the Terreros are going to do based on their film? How do you do it for wrestling? It's the same, right? It really? It's watching the individuals, um, you know, trying our best to determine, you know, who's going to wrestle in what, what spot and um, just looking for different tendencies. So it's not much different. So each guy in your weight class is looking at the wrestler he's going to face? 
Um, well, tape? I mean, my, my coaches are doing the bulk of the work, okay. right? So they're, they're doing it on the front end, and then they're bringing our individual athletes in, watching some film, watching some tendencies to see where guys can, um, you know, exploit their competition. Yeah, that's great. And I, we want to mention that the you guys will be on the road this weekend, right? Yes. At Southern Illinois? Yes. Is, and that's, that's not a duel? Uh, that is a tournament. Yep, that is a tournament. So it's a 10-team tournament. Okay. Um, you know, we, we went to that event for the first time last year. I really liked it. Um, I think there are seven different conferences represented there. So, I mean, we're going to see everybody from SIUE to Minnesota to Little Rock to Army. Um, it, it's going to be a great event. We're Will you wrestle a full lineup at that tournament? Uh, we're bringing 15 wrestlers, yes. Okay, so one at every weight class. Yep, and then we've got a couple extras. Like I said, there's a couple weights we're still trying to figure out and just seeing how guys go out and perform. That's amazing. Does a tournament like this or some of the – the, the the early season tournaments does that give you a flavor for say a big 12 tournament later on maybe an ncaa tournament just on, on how it's structured and how the competition works a, a little bit right they're a little bit more lax these these preseason tournaments but the biggest thing that we like about them and you know it's why we go back to the east coast and we'll head west you know a couple times during the year as well just to see teams that we tip traditionally don't see right and that that is big when it comes into uh qualifying for the national tournament right because if you can go and you know, wrestle the guy from Buffalo who's ranked and knock him off. I mean, that's another feather in our kid's cap. That's going to be a quality win come the end of the year. UNC wrestling coach Troy Nickerson is with us on the Bank of Colorado Coaches Show. We are live at the GOAT. By the way, if you are here or you want to pop down before 7, we'll have some giveaways, some good UNC swag to give away here at the GOAT. So you go to SIEU, Southern Illinois, and then December 10th is the Big 12 opener here, home opener against West Virginia. Yes. Is that one you sort of have circled on the schedule a little bit? Absolutely. That's a, that's a huge match for us. Um, I think in today's uh, coaches rank, they're ranked 21st. I expect them to be higher than that by the time we wrestle them. Um, they've got a really solid team, um, top to bottom, and just being a Big 12 match, um, we're going to need to wrestle well. You know, we've already been looking at that duel for quite a while now, and um, you know, there, there's going to be some critical matchups where we need to win. So we're going to need everybody here in Bank Colorado Arena to come in, support us, and, you know, just get the crowd involved. That'll be Sunday, December 10th at 1 p.m. up at the Bank, Bank of Colorado Arena, as Coach mentioned. We're going to get into some of your individual guys in the lineups and, of course, talk about Andrew Alirez and what he's up to this year because people won't see him wrestle for you this year but there's a good reason for that but a little bit more about the team and the conference you're in it's a little bit different wrestling in the big 12 how would you scale of 10 being it's 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 an outstanding league to one being we're gonna we're gonna be fine where does the big 12 rank it's the second best conference in wrestling and i think it's every year growing where it could challenge the big 10 to be the toughest conference in the country so um it really puts our guys in a great position to qualify for that national tournament, which is step number one, right, which ultimately puts them in a better position to become All-Americans and national champions. You know, um, again, last year is a perfect example. Steve O'Poolin, kind of up and down year, a really solid year, but uh, goes to the Big 12 tournament and wins the tournament and ends up as the sixth seed at the national tournament. And just, you know, based off those seeds, it makes it a little heck of a lot easier to progressing that path versus uh getting drawn into the bracket and and honestly i'm asking you this because i don't know will you wrestle 
every conference team in a duel, or how does the schedule break down that way? Yeah, so the Big 12 does our scheduling for us. Okay. So we, we basically get eight Big Big 12 conference duels that we wrestle, four home, four away, and it's just on a rotation, right? So um, any given year it could be, I mean, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, West Virginia, all at home or a little mixture of both. Is there a home mat advantage in wrestling? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Guys can feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the crowd getting into the matches, um, we have a great fan base here in Greeley. Yeah. Um, you know, our mat side season ticket holders do a great job of really, uh, you know, getting the crowd involved and, and just making it, um, you know, an impactful environment for, for not only our wrestlers but our fans as well. And we want something that people are proud of. Right. And so you mentioned how tough the Big 12 is, just looking ahead to that West Virginia duel. And I know coaches always have confidence in their guys, and they're always wanting to be positive. But realistically, can you make a run at the conference title? It's going to be challenging. I'm not going to lie. It's going to yeah. be really challenging. I don't know if we're there yet. Um, but, again, I think in these next couple of years, we can definitely take a stab at it. They're that good. I mean, you think of the tradition. You mentioned some of the teams, the Oklahoma schools. I mean, Iowa State, the Iowa's. I mean, Iowa's not. Iowa's Big Ten, but Iowa State's Big 12. How do you, how do you build it, Coach? Um, slow and steady. You know, this is year <laughs> 10 for me. It, it's taken a long time to get to this level. And, um, you know, t- to just show you the strength of the conference, I mean, we were 22nd at the end of the year at the national championships as a team. Uh, we were ninth in the Big 12 conference, you know. So that just shows wow. how tough that conference is. And, again, I think it ultimately prepares us for the national tournament. So as, as, you, look, as you break it down, if you're comfortable talking about it, I didn't ask you before, as you look at the league, who's the class of the league? Uh, right now, I think um, Iowa State and Missouri are the two best teams. Missouri being in the SEC, the SEC does not have wrestling, so they are an affiliate member of the Big 12. Um, they've had a strong program. I think they've won the conference the last two years in a row. Um, I, I would say they're, they're probably the cream of the crop right now. You don't wrestle them in duels, do you? Uh, this year, we don't wrestle either. Yeah, it's, again, kind of how, how the scheduling fell. Um, we're not going to see either of them. Um, I haven't gotten a sneak peek of the schedule for next year quite yet, uh, but I, I anticipate <laughs> that we're going to have both of them, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, it will be exciting. Uh, West Virginia comes in. Um, you mentioned them being a, an upper-tier Big 12 team, fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're very strong. So what kind of – I mean, how do you balance, say, going to a tournament again you know, in, in Edwardsville, Illinois, this weekend, knowing that the more important – of the two weekends would be the 10th against West Virginia, right? So how do you balance the preparation? It's just how you look at it, right? I mean, for the individuals, I mean, we've got some guys that are going to have some great opportunities to qualify themselves for the national tournament, you know, this coming weekend in, in St. Louis. Um, on the flip side of that for the team, um, the, the dual meet is everything, right? And I think as we continue to grow the sport of wrestling, um, dual meets have to matter, right? This past uh, Sunday on ESPN was Iowa, Iowa State, 15,000 people there, right? That's the type of environment we're trying to create here in Greeley. And, um, again, every year it continues to get better. We are with wrestling coach Troy Nickerson. We are on the Bank of Colorado UNC Coaches Show. We are live at the GOAT, 46th Avenue in Center Place. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with the coach in a moment on 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA. Back at the GOAT Sports Bar, 
great location. Andrew and his staff do such a great job. They are ready and willing to help you. Terrific food, terrific specials right here at 46th Avenue and Center Place on the Bank of Colorado Coaches Show every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. We are with UNC Wrestling Coach Troy Nickerson. Talked a little bit about the schedule, talked a little bit about the start for your team. Let's get into some of the individuals. I'm sure you've heard it over and over. Andrew Alirez is not going to wrestle for you guys this year. What's up with Andrew? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously he had a great uh, great season last year, and um, right now he, he it's an Olympic year, right? And uh, he is a very good freestyle wrestler, and that's always been the goal of his ever since he was a kid, right, is, is to try to make an Olympic team and wrestle for an Olympic gold medal. And, uh, you know, we, we tested the waters this summer a little bit. We went over to Poland, and uh, he got to wrestle in an international tournament over there, and um, he actually wrestled a three-time world champ and beat him 8-0. to zero. So I, I think he's more than ready. So it, it, was, it was the right decision to, to allow him to take an Olympic redshirt and really put everything on the line to try to make this team. He beat a, he beat a, a, a former world champ? A three-time world champ. Eight nothing. Three-time world champ, two-time Olympic medalist, yes. So it was sort of like, okay, we've got, <laughs> we can't waste this opportunity. You know, I, I had a feeling he was getting close to that level, right? I thought he could compete. I didn't think he would dominate him the way he did. So Man. that made me feel good. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> I've just got to ask you, and we're not going to make your whole appearance here about Andrew, but he is, I mean, is he one of those guys as a college coach that you say a generational type of talent? Absolutely. You know, and I mean, that's one of the first things I noticed about him way back when I met him 10 years ago when I first moved here, right, is is he was just special, right? He had that, that it factor. And, uh, you know, it's been fun to watch him grow. He's matured a ton, and he's really just taking that ownership of taking that next step and being elite at the sport. So is he still with the program at all, or is he training on his own? How does that work? Yeah, so he's mainly training with our Northern Colorado Wrestling Club, which is based out of our wrestling room in UNC. Um, he's been doing a some camps here and there um, down at the Olympic Training Center down in Colorado Springs, but the majority of his training is is here with us. Um, a couple of times I've had to kind of push him outside of his comfort zone. I mean, he, he is a Greeley boy through and yeah. through, and, and he's comfortable here which, uh, with us, which I love. But, um, you know, I've had to force him a couple times to go down to some of those camps and, hey, see something else, right, T- to uh, continue his development. I know that, that you've talked about this in the past, but I, I just want to ask you, especially since we're in season now and, and – He's still part of the program. When you were recruiting him, I mean, did you did you honestly think he would he would stay home? I, I did. I did. You know, I mean, that's always the goal, right, sure. is to keep the local talent home. I think we've done a really nice job of that, not just with Andrew, but with a lot of kids. But um, we just had such a strong relationship, right? And I, I think uh, he's a loyal kid, and, you know, college athletics is a little bit of an arms race now, and, you know, everybody's got the bright and shiny stuff but andrew at a very young age realized that i don't need all that necessarily and i'm comfortable where i'm at and he trusted us and again we're thankful for that (laughs) yeah no doubt unc wrestling coach troy nickerson with us on the bank of colorado coaches show live at the goat he will be back with the bears next year that's correct so he's got one more year to wrestle for you yes after that is it i mean continue to push for the 28 olympics is that is that where he could go if he wanted to well, he, he certainly could, right? I mean, he could be on the circuit, I think, as long as he wants to. Um, you know, I know he has a, a passion for uh, the MMA world as well, so that could be a path he takes. At this point, we're trying to take it just one year at a time, one day at a time, and uh, we'll, we'll see what leads, leads there next. Yeah, so in the Olympics next year, what are the chances 
in your mind, objectively, and you're his coach, you're his friend, you're a mentor of sorts, but what are his chances realistically to represent Team USA in Paris? I, I think he's got a really good opportunity. You know, um, We'll find out a lot more December 17th. That's when he'll compete in the U.S. Open. That's the first step of the qualification process to make that Olympic team. Um, you know, I, I've been telling a lot of people, I mean, I think the hardest process for Andrew is going to be making the team. If he makes the team, I'm very confident he's going to go and win a gold medal. And I, I think just his style is, is very conducive to international wrestling. Is Team USA, the competition for those spots, that keen to where, I mean, he's going to really have to wrestle well to make it? Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of do-or-die format, right? I mean, one loss can take you out of the, the whole opportunity so um i i know two guys specifically i mean one's a returning world champ that'll be in his weight class that's coming down from a higher weight class because during the olympic year they shrink the weight classes down to six instead of ten um and then there's a guy that's been at his weight class for quite a while now that is a world silver medalist so i mean there's definitely some tough competition there man so there's six there's six weight classes in the 20 in freestyle wrestling in the paris olympics that's correct so for Team USA, six guys represent the country? That's it. One wrestler per class? That's it. Man, oh, man. And what weight will Andrew wrestle at or try to make the team at? Uh, he's wrestling at 65 kilograms, which is roughly 143 pounds. Um, his college weight is 141 pounds, so it's a really natural weight for him. Why is it only six? Oh, that's, that's a long story going back to you know <laughs> probably about 12 years when wrestling was potentially dropped from the Olympics. So a lot of politics. That's, that's, that's a long story. We could be here for a couple hours. <laughs> is, there, is there a way to, to encapsulate it, though? Because, I mean, as you said, there's, what, 10, 10 weight classes for you at the collegiate level? Yes. In, 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 that, in that sort of division or that realm of wrestling? And it's almost cut in half. Yeah. It, no, I mean, it, it's challenging. And, I mean, I think that's part of the Olympic spirit, too, right? I mean, you want the elite, the best of the best, um, you know, representing your country. Um, in those Olympic games. So, you know, part of me, you know, the traditionalist in me says I mean, there's something that's kind of pure about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're only getting the best of the best, but, uh, I mean, certainly we, I wouldn't be opposed to more opportunities either. Yeah, not at all, especially for a guy like Andrew who's that good. Troy Nickerson is with us, UNC wrestling coach. Um, so is he helping the guys in your weight, in your room at all, that prepare for meets, duels, wrestle? I mean, is part of his training working with your current roster absolutely i mean he's wrestling with our guys on a daily basis still um pulling him in for some club workouts on the side outside of our unc practices um you know it's it's putting a lot more work on me coaching multiple practices a day but it is what it is right and we want to make sure we give him the best opportunity to to be ready come uh three weeks from now all right so enough about andrew because he's not wrestling for you at the bears (laughs) this year you've got a couple other ranked guys right now that are that have come into their own. Talk about Steve-O first. Yeah, so Steve-O Poulin, he um, last year had a very good season, Big 12 champ as a freshman. Um, you know, he's currently ranked fifth in the country, and, you know, I, I think he's at a weight class right now where he could be the next Andrew Lira's. He could win a national title here for Greeley. And, uh, again, he, he's in a really good spot. He's undefeated on the season, and I just kind of like where his head's at right now. Does he have that same trajectory, though? I mean, you, you feel he has that ability? Absolutely. I mean, Steve-O's been um, 
you know, he, he's been at the highest level of wrestling his entire life. I mean, um, you know, he's, he's actually YouTube famous, too, if you didn't know. I so, didn't know. Uh, you know if you, i got to check him out. If you look on YouTube, Steve-O Wrestling, he's probably got about 8 million views on, on a oh video of him goodness. just whooping up on other six-year-olds. It's, <laughs> it's pretty entertaining, and um, I know he hates to hear it, but uh, that, that's just who he is. That right? is and fun. It's, uh, it's pretty unique. And then uh, Vincent Zerbin at 157. He's top 10 for you. Yep. Vinny, similar, similar to Steve-O, right? He was a uh, round away from being an All-American last year. Kind of an up-and-down year uh, last year, but he was the only guy that was able to knock off the national finalists from Penn State going into the national tournament, right? So we always knew he had that talent. And, uh, you know, he's just matured a lot. You know, I mean, he's only a sophomore, but that first year is sometimes hard on these athletes. And I think he figured a lot out. And, uh, you know, he showed that last weekend when we went out to the Bla- – or two weekends ago at the Black Knight Invitational where he, in the finals, wrestled a – well, in the semifinals, I'll start, he wrestled a kid from Army who he had wrestled first round at the national tournament. Wow. And at the national tournament last year, he beat him by a point. He went out and t- technical falled him. I think it was 17-2. to two. Wow. So – that shows you the jumps that he's yeah. made. And then in the finals, he wrestled his Michigan State opponent, who was ranked two spots ahead of him, and uh, went out and just totally dominated him. He wrestled fantastic, um, so much so that the tournament voted him as the most outstanding wrestler, and he got a cool little Army helmet to bring home. And That's awesome. Kind of as a trophy. Yeah, that is cool. You mentioned there are a couple of weight classes for you that you and your staff are still sort of working through who's going to get that spot at least – for the duel against West Virginia, what are those two? What are those classes? Yeah, you know, we, we've got a few. I mean, I, I think uh, 149 pounds is still a weight that's up for grabs. Um, you know, we brought in a, a really good transfer this past year, who unfortunately um, is out this year with an injury. Um, really excited to see him in the future. Um, also, 174 pounds, I think, is a little bit up in the air. Um, we've got a freshman that's been doing really well for us, but I've also got another transfer that's going to be eligible, hopefully for that West Virginia duel at semester here, um, who, who's really special, right? So um, I think that's another opportunity. And that's then great. 165 pounds, we've got a couple guys battling out, and Derek Matthews and Baylor Fernandez as well. There's nothing like having a program that's that's borderline elite now with that kind of competition. I mean, it's one thing to have a couple of great guys in, in a Lirez or – you know, guys of that stature. But when you've got it up and down the lineup, it sounds like that's what you're building. It's getting there, right? And like I said, it's taking time. Yeah. But uh, we, we've certainly gotten to a point where we do have that depth, right? We didn't have that five years ago. And, uh, you know, it makes things a lot easier when we're going into some of these events. If somebody is banged up or they just need a weekend off, we have a very formidable backup that can step in there and still get the job done. That's awesome. December 10th, which is a week from Sunday, against West Virginia in the Big 12 opener at the Bank, Bank of Colorado Arena. Troy, thanks for the time. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. You bet. That's wrestling coach Troy Nickerson. Uh, They are in uh, Edwardsville, Illinois, coming up this Saturday at the Cougar Clash. That's a tournament. And then the big one against the Mountaineers of West Virginia, Sunday, December 10th, in the Big 12 home opening duel. We're going to take a timeout here at the... We've got some more giveaways. We'll catch up with volleyball coach Lindsay Oates as her Bears are headed to the postseason. And uh, we'll have more to come in just a moment on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Welcome back into the GOAT, 46th Avenue and Center Place. Mike Rice on the Bank of Colorado Coaches Show. Pop on down. We've got one more set of giveaways. We've got a really cool UNC Christmas ornament and a keychain to give away. 
And uh, we also are going to talk some volleyball with UNC head coach Lindsay Oates. It's good to see you. Good to see you. It, Thanks it for brought, having me. I must say, it brought back a lot of memories from <laughs> from days long, long ago. But you, I, I couldn't believe it, Lindsay. You've been at, at UNC now 19 years as the head coach. I have, so 21 years total. Wow. So it does. It takes takes me back a while, like you said, back to Lindsay Benson. Yeah. Years. <laughs> Some people really have watched me grow up and get married and have two kids. And yeah. it's all kind of been in you know as a part of my unc family yeah it's exactly right you've done such an amazing job with the program the steady progress now really competing for that big sky tournament championship every year we're not going to dwell on it but it was disappointing over over thanksgiving wasn't it to to come up short in the while hosting the big sky tournament absolutely i mean it was devastating it really was that's what you're working for for the for 12 months into that situation and so it would have been a three-peat we're at home. Um, we have the talent. You know, Weber State ends up winning it. We beat them twice during the season. It, we had beat Eastern Washington twice during the season, um, it, which is who knocked us out. It was crushing. We just did not play good volleyball. Um, and I, I wish I could put my finger on it. Certainly we'll reflect on it more after the season. But um, we we just weren't ready. And that starts with me. But it, we – um, I don't know, lots of tears afterwards, and it, there's still a little bit of a hangover. You know, we're trying to turn the corner because we're getting ready for the NIVC. We're not done yet, but it that that was the ultimate goal. And when the expectations are that high, that's a good thing. Um, you know, if you're used to losing, it's no big deal. <laughs> there's right. teams who would lose in the quarterfinals of the Big Sky Tournament and be glad they made it or be, you know, just okay with losing. That's not where our program's at, and so it's – it was crushing. Right, and and you've done such an amazing job building the program, and you don't do that by sh- taking shortcuts and not meeting those challenges head on. That That is something, as you said, that you and your staff, maybe the returning players, will look at and say, what do we think happened? Absolutely, yeah, and like I said, I, there, it's not one thing right now. It wasn't something that was just obvious, one skill or one position or um, that it was just mindset. You know, it wasn't effort. It, we were – prepared we had had good practices going in we can't blame it on an injury we were healthy going in Uh, so it's not an easy answer but we do need to dig to find that because we certainly don't want that to repeat itself in future years no not at all but as you said there's still a postseason berth and with the national invitational tournament for volleyball now you have a chance to play and you will be playing coming up and I would imagine at least you your club has the opportunity to not have the season end on the note of the Big Sky Tournament. How important is that? That's big because, like I said, there was a lot of tears and it was um, not an easy conversation even as a group. But the positive was we can still write the end of the story for this season and that we don't have to go out on that. We have several players chasing individual milestones. And as a group, we can finish on our terms um, possibly with – you know, a championship with the NIV. There's only going to be two teams that get to say that at the end of the year. And so that's what we're pushing for and hopefully can um, be playing our best volleyball here in the next two and a half weeks. Yeah, and, and and if this is the draw for the Bears this year, you might as well go win it, right? It, exactly. <laughs> it is what it is now. So uh, there, there is no value in still sulking and, you know, just walking our way through these 
through this match. Yeah, UNC volleyball coach Lindsay Oates is with us. You get Valparaiso in the first round Thursday. You guys are hosting the first two rounds, so mm-hmm. right back on the home court. I think they're the Crusaders, right? What do they bring? What kind of challenges? They actually just changed their mascot. Oh, I had they? to look it up. Okay. That they went from the Crusaders to the Beacons. And they I, have, I did not know that. They have a golden retriever and a Labrador <laughs> dog <laughs> as their mascots. I, I wasn't quite sure what their mascot yeah. was. And so I, I looked it up, and I, I guess it was controversial. They changed I it suppose. a year ago. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I would say we see a similar team to a Big Sky opponent. Um, you know, size-wise, they're not going to be bigger than us. They're, they're athletic. They're scrappy. They're a good ball control team. They're not going to give you a lot of points um, it just in errors. Uh, but I think we can be the more physical team in this matchup, and we need to make sure that is a factor, that we're playing higher above the net, that our offense is a little bit faster. Um, that's what we have going for us. But I, I would say they maybe have an edge in the ball control piece, and so we got to um, be able to match that. Yeah, the tempo and physicality are not usually words that people associate with volleyball, but there is an attacking style that, that you like to see your team run, isn't there? For sure, yes. And, you know, I would say in the Big Sky, we talk about that a lot, that we need to be the more physical team. The years that we've won it, we've been the most physical team, at least in those matchups. You know, maybe not every match throughout the season, but to win it, we have been. And that's the biggest difference between, say, a top 10 uh, volleyball program and where we're at, and then the next level down, and then Division Two is the physicality. So you what know, does that mean, though? So real, a big an objective piece of that is just how high you're playing. So okay. the girls that you know we'll be watching in the final four for the NCAA tournament in a few weeks are touching close to 11 feet wow. above the net. Our girls are around 10 feet. Um, Division two is going to be, you know, nine seven maybe for an average hitter. So it's a it's a big drop off in how high the game is played above the net, and uh, because from up there, you can hit different angles, and then you can put velocity on the ball because the block's not in front of you. And so that's the second thing. It was just arm speed mm-hmm. that you can play physical, um, high and hard. Do they, do they have analytics in volleyball that you look at as a coach, much like, say, they would in baseball or, or now basketball or hockey? Not near as much as some sports. Um, for, for recruiting, jump touch is about the only objective data that we look at everything else is subjective um, then there's stats within a match you yeah. know where we're looking at a hitting percentage or um, a pass rating or there's some things like that but even that you know even a pass rating is subjective somebody's rating that of if they think it was a good pass or not so a hitting percentage is um, calculated similar to baseball to a, a batting percentage. right Do, is is there is there any kind of power metric that, that measures, say, from, from the power an outside hitter might use on her swing? Not really. You okay. know, several companies have tried to do that. Triple yeah. Crown right here in Fort Collins has done some studies, and they used us kind of as one of their guinea pigs because we're local <laughs> to say, what, how could we get some metrics in volleyball? Yeah. And it's just too difficult. It's hard. Um, for yeah. serving, because it's a static skill. You know, we're standing or, you know, even just maybe a, a jump, but it's a closed-loop skill, we keep miles per hour on that. So we want our players serving around 40 miles per hour. But with attacking at the net, it you know, the you don't know where the ball's coming in. You can't get at the right angle with the, the radar gun. So they do clock that sometimes, but it's not 
it's not worth it enough that most programs aren't tracking that. Right, and 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 in the coaching circles, that's not widely used in recruiting. No, it isn't. Interesting. For serving, I would say every college gym tracks that in their own gym. That's not something for recruiting either, because nobody's tracking that. Right, recruit, and but. and I don't know. I mean, is is serving speed a big deal? It so, is. It is. It is. Yes, you'd probably be surprised of if it's too slow. You know, they're gonna nail the pass it's yeah. like just giving it to them and so um speed is the the biggest indicator of a good serve location's probably second okay interesting head coach uh lindsey oates of the unc volleyball program is with us we mentioned the valpo match that'll be thursday night at six at bank mm-hmm. of colorado arena and then it's wyoming against south dakota on the other side do you keep a little bit of an eye on that one to see who you might play should you beat valpo for sure, because that'll be played in our gym as well. So that's a 3 o'clock match at Bank of Colorado Arena. So we'll be scouting that match before we go into our match. Um, and I haven't s- watched any film on those two opponents yet, only on Valpo, but I will tomorrow in preparation so that it's not so such a quick turnaround because the two two winners will play Friday at 6. Yeah, I would think that you, you, you would have to feel, even though you haven't seen Wyoming or USD on film, that you're going to match up pretty well against either one. Yeah, and we're a little bit more familiar with those two programs. I knew zero about Valpo. We've never faced them. Um, but Wyoming we faced in the spring, and we play them almost every year. So some of the returners I'm used to, we didn't play them this fall. But um, South Dakota we've played the last two years, and so I'm familiar with their lineup a little bit, even though we didn't play them this fall. So more familiar with those programs that, you know, as I start to watch, I'll, I can look back at notes from previous years as well. You mentioned the hangover effect. Do you have enough confidence in the leadership of your club that when it's, when it's time to sort of, and it's probably that time being Tuesday <laughs> night now, right? It's time. That, that, all right, they're going to bear down. They're going to show up on Thursday night. I think we're headed in the right direction from Saturday's practice to Sunday's to Monday to today. We're getting more and more people on board. Um, You know, I I think there's still a couple that need to turn the corner for us, to be honest. How do you handle that as a coach? I suppose each each student athlete's different, right? I mean, some need to be like, hey, get with it. And the others like sort of bring them along slow. Is that is that it is a little different? Yes. I, you know, I wish I had the answer and we haven't been in this situation before. So yeah. it's not like, well, this is what worked in the past. But, um, yeah, you're right. Some need kind of a heart-to-heart and some need kind of just a, a resetting of their goals. And what do you want your legacy to be if they're senior? And, you know, how can we reframe yeah. this? And some maybe need a kick in the pants right now. <laughs> so what did you need after the tournament? And how did you sort of turn that corner to get your team ready for the N- NIVC? Yeah, I would say the first thing for me was just a little time and space. Yeah. You know, we took Thursday and Friday off. Um, I needed that. That's how I process. I'm not really an external processor. I just need to, to think through it a little bit. So within those two days, as we came back to Saturday's practice, I was ready to go. I mean, it's a, it's a sport. We get to play this game. Yeah. You know, this is not a burden. We, we still get to do something. And you don't get this group of athletes back. So we get to finish the story on what we want this season to be with this group that even though we'll return a lot, we don't, there's no guarantee that it's, you know, works out the way we want it to next year. Yeah. And so, um, 
you know, one of our core values is gratitude and with mm. Thanksgiving too. I think that was very appropriate of just being grateful for the journey. It's not just about did we reach our ultimate goal of a big sky championship. It's about enjoying the journey and enjoying the people you're doing it with. And so it, it made me do a little soul searching to yeah. come back to, cause it's easy to celebrate when you win and everything goes your way. And we've had, you know, success with that in the last couple of years, but um, what are we really about when we lose? It'll, it'll show right now. It will. It will. <laughs> it's hard, but you're absolutely right. And over the long run, it will pay off. We've got a few more minutes with head coach Lindsay Oates of the UNC volleyball team. We are at uh, the GOAT Sports Bar, and we are at 46th Avenue and Center Place on the Bank of Colorado Coaches Show. We'll take a brief time out. We'll return with more on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Good to have you along. We are on the Bank of Colorado UNC Coaches Show live at the GOAT. Such a great place to be. Come on down and grab a bite to eat. Grab some of their great drink specials that they have each and every day, 46th Avenue and Center Place. And we are talking volleyball with head coach Lindsey Oates of the UNC Bears. By the way, we will get back to some men's basketball. We'll feature the women's team as well. Steve Smiley and the Bears are on the road in San Diego tomorrow to face on the Toreros, and we'll have that broadcast for you at 7.30 uh, on Blue and Gold pregame. Coach Oates, you, I, I want to I give you a chance to highlight some of your individual players. Uh, Mackenzie Harris is from your alma mater up in Eaton, and, and she's sort of your leading hitter. Has she been sort of what stir, the straw that stirs the drink offensively for the Bears, so to speak? She has been, yes, for a long yeah. time, for, you know, <laughs> four, four of her five years. And she played a, a smaller role her freshman year, but still important, and then has, you know, been a keystone of our offense the last four years. So we're glad that she returned for her fifth year uh, using that COVID extra eligibility year. And so she had debated – about it and uh we were certainly glad that she extended her undergraduate degree and she'll graduate in a couple weeks uh with criminal justice and yeah it's been a joy to have her close to home and um right from Eaton that we were able to give her an opportunity to to do what she loves to do Sid Cole has been your setter from Cherokee Trail High School down Mm -hmm. uh, in Aurora and is she coming back did I hear that she still has one more year she's the the only one in that class um, that is still still has a year of eligibility remaining and um, will take it. So we're excited for that. She's an elementary ed major and um, figuring that out to be able to spend one more season with us. And, yeah, she's been our first All-American at the Division One level and, uh, you know, the setter's the quarterback of the team. So that's a really important role, and she's, she's a great talent. Yeah, what I like about your roster is – there's what I would say maybe six or seven Colorado mm-hmm. kids, but you're, it's not just Colorado. I kind of like that. It's a good mix. You feel that way? It is a mix. You know, when we're recruiting, we look at Colorado first, then the region next, which is kind of Nebraska, Wyoming, um, Kansas, and then nationally. And so the way club volleyball works is we're at these huge tournaments where there could be anybody, you know. So Annette Baker's from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta to Greeley is not a typical <laughs> route for recruiting. We're not spending a lot of time down in Atlanta, but she's at the big tournaments that we're at, 
we contact her, she contacts us back, and, you know, you kind of follow the recruiting process, and she feels like it's a good fit. So it can be from anywhere, but certainly we focus on Colorado first and uh, the Midwest next. You just use an interesting phrase for kids, good fit. Can you recognize that in a recruit right away where you feel like she would fit in well and there seems to be some mutual interest there? Sometimes. So, you know, it, when we hear kind of their interests of maybe they're from a smaller town or an agricultural area or they want midsize or they want to be a teacher or a nurse or there's some things where we go, man, they're going to be a great fit. Um, don't want the big city and uh, the flash and those types of things. But we've had some who I would say on paper are we wouldn't think are a good fit. I think one of the the prime examples of that is Marissa Hughes, um, who was from Huntington Beach, California, big club, modern day high school. Wow. Again, that that to Greeley, we would normally (laughs) say like, "Eh, I don't know that that kid's going to be interested, but it it goes to show don't put any kid in a box. You know, maybe that's not percentage wise. We're not going to spend a lot of time at modern day high school, but Every kid is different, and she still lives in Greeley and loves it and, you know, teaches at Greeley Central High School and coaches and um, has stayed here since. And her parents moved here from Malibu to (laughs) Greeley because they (laughs) enjoy it. So you just never know who the right kid is. That's why we, you know, never say never. We're going to contact all of them, and then we'll put our, you know, the most amount of time where we feel like, the percentages yeah. are going to pay off. Right. We're final few moments with UNC volleyball coach Lindsay Oates. When when you look at the end of the college football season, um, basketball cranking up, the portal is so much front and center now. Does that at all affect volleyball and what, what you guys try and do as a staff in your recruiting? It does. We haven't spent a lot of time in the portal in the past, uh, but we're going to this off season. So we'll be working with two positions to try and bring in somebody over the break that's what's unique about uh, you know it's similar to football but unique about us is it's a fast turnaround so our portal window opens December 3rd so on Sunday and you know Monday we'll be contacting lots of players wow to see if again if we're a good fit (laughs) for the next step of their career and as long as it's not a character issue or those types of things or academic um then we'll move forward and bring them on a visit quickly and get them admitted. And um, so, yeah, trying to replace, you know, two hitters. And so we'll, we'll be looking in the portal. So give us a sneak peek behind the curtain. Will you talk to other coaches about why the, the young lady wanted to enter the portal? Is that, is that taboo amongst the coaches? Uh, it's not for us, but I would say, you know, we've only had a few players leave our program, Yeah, but Sometimes I don't get contacted by the next place, which but, I think is interesting. I would never do that on our end. I want to know from their previous coach, what are they like? What's your version of why they're transferring? Does it match up with what the kid's telling me? Uh, we want to make sure that we're getting the right people, not just the right athlete. And so uh, we certainly do our work. And you you hope that coach is telling you the truth. That's where uh, you know relationships come into play. Yeah. And having been in it longer – there's coaches I trust. There's coaches that I maybe I don't know at all or or don't trust. And so you, then you have to do more background checking with their high school coach or their club coach or an opponent. Uh, sometimes they'll tell you the, the truth of what yeah. they see across the net. But real quickly, um, coaches will talk that way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm 
I want to know what they see. And yeah. th- a lot of these kids aren't transferring on bad terms. Sometimes it's playtime. They're just going to have a better opportunity. Or sometimes grad transfers. They're yeah. graduating and don't have their grad program. So not all of them are bad situations. Yes. Great to see you. Thanks for the time. Great to see you. Thank you. That's Lindsay Oates, head volleyball coach at UNC. The Bears against Valpo in the first round of the NIVC. And you can check them out at Bank of Colorado Arena Thursday night at 6. Special thanks to Andrew and his whole staff here at the GOAT. Join us again next week for the Bank of Colorado UNC Coaches Show.